Hey everybody, welcome back to the You need to know, we've just dropped out a two for Tuesday. And for your hump day, we're going to give you two. Two questions off the AgVisor app. So we decided, yeah, why not? Because I don't know if we can squeeze your team minutes on some of these questions. <laughs> so we're going to do it that way, if that's okay. But I feel like they should be addressed, so this is a great opportunity, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're just going to handle the question. That'll take us through what we're going to talk about today, because they're real kind of brief and to the point, and they were both two different ends of the spectrum. So hammer out of the first one. First question comes out of Alberta, and it says, what would be the best way to manage potential volunteer alfalfa in commercial pea field? The field is ready for peas in rotation. I've had a problem with volunteer alfalfa from it being a seed alfalfa field in the past in a pinot bean crop. Was last alfalfa in 2017 high alfalfa seed rate in the seed bank? Good luck. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I hear. Boy, that, yeah. that I sucks. I don't, I don't, I don't mean that. Well, if, if you have something in edible beans and it is an alfalfa, probably the next worst weed you can have is black medic. Yeah. Which is pretty dang close related to alfalfa. They actually yeah. look really similar when they're seedlings. Yeah. So you have, in, and in this question, we have, uh, let's see, alfalfa and peas and edible beans named. And so that's a, there's quite a few legumes in here. And getting legumes out of legumes is, uh, if you haven't prepped for it by now, I don't know if you can do a good job of that in this upcoming spring. If the field is planned to go to peas, and you, sh- you should have done something last fall in the form of uh, 2,4-D or a dicamba application to try to control some of this stuff. Because it's, it's the root that's the problem if it's established. Well, and I'm thinking there's been five years of crop in between when it was alfalfa last, or this will be the fifth year of crop when it was alfalfa last. And if it was seed production, yeah, there's going to be a hide seed bank, and so there's going to be a lot coming back. Uh, That definitely layers a different aspect to it versus when I first originally read the question thing, it was just an alfalfa field. Yeah. So it could, yeah, it's going to have a high seed bank. But I wonder what else you're rotating with, because I'm hearing... Uh, so let's just say there's five cropping years. And so you're going probably a small grains to a legume, small grains to a legume, small grains to a legume. You got this, this high seed bank of alfalfa. It is impossible to get rid of a legume out of a legume in a lot of circumstances. I mean, there are very niche circumstances where you can do that with, with certain crops, with certain legume crops. Like I think of getting like soybeans out of dry beans. It's possible. Yeah. You, you can do that, but it's, it's a niche thing. It's not that easy to do. There's not a lot of options. So it gets me to thinking, I'm like, why not? Uh, you know, this is probably irrigated production is my guess if it's got seed alfalfa on it, but why not go and do like a wheat, canola wheat, and then into legume. And then you have the opportunity to start throwing chemistry at it. That actually is very effective or more effective on alfalfa, like copyrolid that First yeah. first thing I'm reaching for and want when I've been dealing with volunteer alfalfa every single time, I want copyrolid. That's the active ingredient I want, but it comes with some baggage. In a low rainfall environment, you yeah. have legumes in the rotation. Copyrolid is going to have at least a 18-month plant back. So that's the trouble. So you almost have to plan it out where you're rotating crop wise. And that's why I say canola, because you could go 
you could go something with coperlid in your wheat crop and then have the appropriate other active ingredients in and then come into your canola crop same thing and then you could back off on the next small grain crop so you have a cool off period if you want to call it that and then you're ready in two seasons for your legume in rotation and of course like you were saying you plan for fall burn downs and you give it the onion so to speak in every other circumstance well the problem that you're going to run into with the peas is that uh you aren't let's say you're using at least in the states you're probably going to tackle that with like a varisto and your 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 bentazon piece isn't going to do much to that alfalfa it'll burn the leaves uh the raptor the, the mazamox is not going to do anything because you actually are labeled in the alfalfa. Even even in your pre's, if you Metribuzin has an alfalfa label, mm-hmm. uh, Chateau, which is flumioxazin, has a label. So that's pretty close to if you're using any sulfentrazone. So pretty soon your options, either pre-emerge and or post-emerge, are non-existent for the most part. So something has to be done either in the other crops on the rotation or in in the fall before to try to reduce that population. And I would say both. It's it's a both thing because there's yeah. no prisoners when it comes to alfalfa. And and I can't imagine dealing with a seed alfalfa field that yeah. it's it's hard enough to deal with just alfalfa that's constantly cut that never sets seed. And just dealing with the layover of the rootstock continually shooting up new growth all the time. I mean you could throw the book at book at it and it just keeps coming and keeps coming. So yeah, you got to use rotation, fall burn down, use the chemistries you can in a planned out rotation to your advantage. Yeah. And if you got a lot of seed production, it's, it's what, what, I mean, what are you going to do? If you got seed on the ground, you're going to get a, a new flush in that year. Um, we always try to take alfalfa stands out if you're going to the next crop in the fall because the whole root mass dies and you don't have that uh, big of an issue. It's a big water user. I'm sure those that pea field is not going to like that to some degree, but. You're probably dealing with uh, many annual growths of new alfalfa. So it's probably tough to do a fall burn down, but it's, I would still do it because more than likely you've got, it's going to establish in the fall. So that was that question. That's, it's, that's the we know on that. Yep. How about, how about your question? Okay. So this is a question that's a little fresher. Um, would have came in this week while we're recording this. And the question comes out of Indiana. And this person is asking, is there any reason 28%, couldn't be used for cattle pasture grass versus urea or AMS? I've got stream jets for the wheat. I could add 819.3 that I use on corn and wheat and furrow to the 28 to add some FOSS, but soil tests are adequate. The goal is to get the grass up and going. There's no reason why you can't do that. It's, it's per, I, if it's a pasture, it's perennial grass. And, so, I, and I feel like this question is more of a, this individual think, sounds like they know exactly what they're up to, what they're doing. The question is, is there anything they've looked past? That's my thought. Like they're looking for reassurance. That's, that's how I interpret this question is that they've, they've studied this and thought about this before they post a question. Yeah. There's probably some benefit, uh, um, to the AMS. Generally you, you see that in. I guess it just depends on how often he has cattle out there or she has cattle out there because you probably are returning in manure some sulfur component. But generally speaking in grasses, there's a fairly good chance of a response to an AMS. But 
if you've got streamer bars, uh, stream jets, you're using 28%, it's probably actually a little bit more forgiving to use a 28. Your volatility loss should be less. Uh, if it's uh, if it's if your goal is to try to get going, it probably you're not going to get a lot of burn just because you don't have a, a canopy. The combination of fertilizer and the other thing is you're, if you're going to get going, you're going to have to have heat from just temperature-wise. I wish more people uh, would do this with pastures because you could treat it like a like a crop to some extent, and you'd get more more tons off of it. It's in that twenty eight percent. You're going to be in the same boat as if you're using comparing urea and AMS. You're still going to you can lay it out there, but you're still going to want to get some moisture to move that in the ground to get things right in just in on the ground in the ground uptaken by roots. Then you hope your temperature comes up and it takes off. But well, you're right. It's uh. You know, there, there's the two things I'm thinking, like, is there any reason you shouldn't use 28%? I can't think of one. Uh, really, it's probably more of like a, a cost thing. But if you can do with your own sprayer and your cost of using your own equipment, I mean, that's a, that's a question only you can answer is how does that weigh out versus hiring a local retail business to custom spread for you? And most most retail will kind of dread a little bit when they hear, the cattle pasture, pasture yeah. application. <laughs> That'd be me. Yeah, I was there too. Where you're just usually you'd start the year there before uh, you you got to regular going. Once you were on regular crop, there was just your your applicators that were operating. They'd just go, "Don't put me in a cattle pasture. It's it's gopher mounds. It's rough." They but um. Anyways, outside of that, I mean, there is a cost to come to custom apply that. So usually urea is going to be less money than 28%, but that's not always the case, depending on when you bought things and when you use it. And the convenience for you to store on the farm, 28% is a lot less cost than storing urea and you can use your own equipment. So there is advantages that way. Uh, but an agronomic reason, no, I can't think of an agronomic reason. You want to apply when that, when that stuff's out there and probably when it's dormant still, when it's just first coming into spring greening, that'd be when, you know, I'd be applying. The, yeah. the sulfur component, you know, like you were saying, Jason, it's there. There's a there's something to adding sulfur, especially in any grass. I mean, sulfur. You just look at that as a uh, if you have sandy soils, if it's a sandy pasture, then probably it'd be a good idea to add some sulfur. But you can find liquid ammonium sulfate yeah. uh, or ammonium thiosulfate. I should thiosulfate. say thiosulfate. Yeah. Yep. And if you're streaming that on when the grass is dormant, that's just fine. I don't see any issue with that. It'd be uh, ammonium thiosulfate that you flat fan on on a crop foliar. That's pretty toxic to plant leaves, but 28% would be too. It almost seems like he's he has mixed in this 8-19-3 in the past. So compatibility with those two shouldn't be that that big of a deal. No. Uh, but, but that's one thing I would, ahead of time, make sure that I would make sure that they, coming out of a stream jet, you probably shouldn't have a problem unless it gets really bad, but I feel that he's done that before, and if your soil tests are adequate, he must. He evidently has liquid storage on his on his farm or where he's at, because if he's using an eight nineteen three, he can sure handle a twenty eight percent. And that's my thought. Yeah, tackle it, no problem. I I don't see an issue. Go go uh, make some very good steaks. That's hey, the more grass you got, you should have more rate of gain. I mean, that's uh, it's something I would like you were saying. I wish more people would do. I think most. I think most cattlemen, most people that have cows do see the benefit of doing that, but it's also one of the areas where if uh, stuff's a little tougher, 
you know, pocketbook wise, that might be the place you let slip, yeah. you know, is, is putting some, some extra fertilizer on your pasture, but that's always going to be beneficial for more grass, more meat. That's the way I'd look at it. Well, and that's, that's just the wide range of questions that come in on the app. So it's, it's kind of fun to tackle a few of them, uh, in, in this context today and just, uh, take two of them this week, because I don't know if we could have handled one for the whole period of time or shortened it up, whatever we could have done, but it's, uh, it's always interesting. Beginning of the week, it's always busy. People have questions coming off the weekend. They're thinking, and I'm sure it's going to get busier as we get into spring. Oh, absolutely. And that, folks, is your double dose of the you need to know this week. So, hey, we'll catch you next time. We'll see you.